Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. everybody welcome to the session i'm your host justin crosley back in the studio again we're getting lots of shows done already in the new year and i'm excited about that uh we've got more to come um already booked out through like march actually so we got a lot to come to you so stay tuned to the brewing network tonight i have a an old friend of mine known chris for a while and um I think Chris has been listening to the show for a lot longer than I've known him, um, and now has his own brewery. Spent Grain Brewing is on the show with me today, and Chris Chambers is the owner and the brewer. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and welcome to all you out there listening. Excited to be here, and can't wait to tell our story. You drove all the way up from San Luis Obispo down in the Central Coast. Well, Scott did. Uh, uh, Scott did. <laughs> he brought a, he brought yes. a DD. Yeah, but yeah, Smart we came up today, and... Got to hit some great places along the way. Hit um, original pattern, ghost town on the way, and now we're here. And nice, those are good beers. Do you know those guys, or did you just know to go there? Just knew to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're both killer. Uh, we have them on tap here almost all the time. I see that. Yeah, yeah good breweries. Very good stuff. In fact, the the pale ale, one of the pale ales I have in my glass right now is original pattern. Is mine too. Uh, the single hop. Um, it's quite nice. Uh, okay, real quick. Hey, thanks to our sponsor, More Beer. They bring you this show and every single uh, session that we do, and I, I couldn't be more thankful for them. They're also sponsoring our Spring Brews Festival, which is coming up Saturday, March 30th, noon to 4. Tickets are on sale now. 
Just go to thebrewingnetwork.com, check it out. Tickets are 65 bucks, and then there's a bunch of fees that other people want to charge you. It's not my fault. Don't blame me. I'm charging you $65 to give you 60-plus breweries uh, all in the park right here in Concord. Chris, uh, you're welcome to be a brewery there if you want. I, you haven't gotten your official invite yet, but this is it. Well, awesome. I so. have been here as oh, yeah. a guest at oh, the nice. park. Uh, wonderful time. It is, if you haven't done it, you absolutely should be doing it. It's Thank a wonderful you. thing to do. So I'm excited um, about it. I think you guys have a Central Coast Beer Fest the same weekend nowadays. I think nowadays. we do. Yeah. The, the Brewers Guild does ours in the Sunken Gardens at Atascadero, and I believe it is the same time. I know it has been for a couple of years now, because I invite some of your, your neighbors, sure. uh, Wild Fields, and they you know no one can ever do it from down there. And so. Brandon up at Lake Wade. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. All right. Well, that's coming up anyway. Get your tickets now. Go to thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, the fest will sell out. It sells out. Out pretty much every year so you're going to want to go get that plus you go find me another fest that's only 65 bucks for all of those breweries for like 60 plus world-class breweries um and you, you can't so get your tickets now and come on out to the festival it's for a good cause uh and then once again yeah thanks to more beer all right we're gonna dive right into this um so spent grain brewing spent grain brewing when yeah. did you start it we're almost to a year now Oh, you're uh, brand new. February 2nd is the anniversary, I suppose. It's kind of weird to think of that. But yeah, it'll be one year now um, of this project of, of me doing spent grain. So it's just, just a year now. Okay. Is it just you in there? It's only me. It's you. Okay. You're a nano brewery. We are a nano brewery, a true one barrel SS brew tech. Um, they make nice systems. It's beautiful. Yeah. Their, their cold side stuff is amazing. Mm-hmm. Made some modifications hot side, but I mean, it's a good, really good setup. Yeah. Makes amazing beer, in my opinion. I believe that in 27 years of commercially brewing, this is the best beer I've ever been making. Is that right? And it and it's on a little one barrel nano in a 300 square foot speakeasy brewery without a door. Yes, yeah, so that's the that's the <laughs> other unique thing about it. you're a speakeasy brewery. We are. I've never. I've been to so many breweries. We all have. We've we've been to every beer garden. We've been to everything. Yeah. I've never once heard or seen a speakeasy brewery. Right. And in some crazy idea, you know, I come up with beer names in the shower at like two in the morning and same thing. And I was like, I should just do a speakeasy brewery. And, uh, right. And here we are. Is it by, be honest with me, is it like because you thought that'd be cool and unique or is it kind of like by convenience you don't have to deal with people all the time (laughs) (laughs) well there's a little bit of both yeah okay so there there, there's no financial benefit well that's true it's almost a hindrance paying rent or anything like when i met with a landlord it was going to be the amount per square footage no matter where i went in the building yeah so whether i was storefront or not they don't care i see um so it it did build convenience to me you know in the sense where like you know Tonight, we are open from 3 to 8. We're just all booked up. You know? <laughs> I see. Yeah. Well, um, and I think I saw a message, like, I don't know if it was your website or on your Facebook, but it just, it says we're a speakeasy brewery. Text me. You have to. You have to text. Is we, it we your phone? It goes to my phone at some point. Okay. Yeah, um, right, it's right. not mine directly. It it's uh, it, it shows up on the POS system and everything. I see. And so it... You do, because we don't have a door. Everybody has to text us, and I walk out back, and I meet them, okay. and I walk them down this really weird hallway that <laughs> looks like it should be from The Shining. Yeah, okay. There's just a hallway of doors, and everybody's like, "Yeah, where yeah. are we going? <laughs> and then you open up this door, and it's just this amazing little 300-square-foot brew, and everybody's like, 
Nice. Like the, it's just in an oasis. Everybody's like, oh, I love this place. And and it's like a bar and here? tables and stuff. It's not just like like an empty brewery. No, it okay. it, it is a a bar and everything. So there's that's cool. Four bar stools and two really nice orange chairs and just kick back and heck yeah we do you know everybody enjoys it and and it's really neat because when you're there it's you you know yeah we have some people that you know randomly will show up or come in and everything that that live in the building and everything so they have access to it all the time okay but for the most part if if you text me and there's a group of you it's going to be your group that has that place to themselves exclusively wow with the brewer owner yeah and i just sit there and talk to you about the beers that i've made and and what they mean to me and and the history of it and right. just have a great time oh that's super cool so i have these regulars that i know well here at the hop grenade yes uh, sammy and mike are their names and they went down uh, they went to a few breweries but then they went to wild fields and someone told them to go see you and and Wild Fields, I think, is in the same parking lot as you, basically, we're right? A, there's a park between us. Okay, so yeah, we're close. across the street. Yeah. So they walk over, and they go to your website or your Facebook or something, and they see this thing that says, text me if you want to come in. And they were they were too shy. They were like, I don't know. Is this real? They, they didn't want to bother you. So they ended up not going, and I was like, Such no, I think that's his thing. I think you're supposed to do that. Well, I hope they come back. I yeah. hope they're listening. Yeah, yeah. I hope they come back. Um, people, we get that all the time. And okay. we actually get a lot of people from the East Bay and up here that come through. And there is a little bit of timidness with it. And then once they, they're like, oh, my. Right. This is the best thing ever. Totally. Thank you. And I'm like, <laughs> it, you know, it. I get that there's a little bit of an, I, I would say, inconvenience of it where you do. You have to put in some effort to get there. But. It's worth it. Yeah. And when you get there, I promise you, you will not have an experience like it anywhere else. Yeah, I think that's you cool. You truly walk into a speakeasy brewery. Right. And the equipment's there. I'm there. It's, I like I said, I've been to thousands of breweries all over the country and, I, and outside the country, and I've never once seen anything like it. Right. It's truly unique. That's I promise cool. I am there at least 90% of the time, seven days a week. Well, and you must have like some set hours, right? Like I can't we're, text you at one thirty in the morning on a Wednesday. We are three to eight daily. Okay. Got it. You know, and, and that's the pub side, yeah. you know, the brew house. I'm there at eight in the morning at least and, and sure. doing all my cellar work or brewing and everything. Okay. So sometimes you could text throughout the day and yeah, I'm there. And usually I'll tell you, Hey, Tap rooms open, you know, opens at three. I'm here doing other stuff. But yeah, yeah. But, you know, if somebody's like, oh, I'm just happy to be coming through town or, you know, what, I will do the best I can to sure. accommodate anyone that comes through. Like, it means a lot to me that people take the effort to come and do it. Yeah. And they won't be disappointed. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like it. It's a, it's the coolest concept. And I'll tell my friends, don't, don't be intimidated. No, just go ahead and come and, back and, and, send the, and send the text. Now, you're a, you're a veteran. I am a veteran. Of of what branch of the military? So I served in the Army. Okay. And when did you, when did you go in and when did you come out? I joined in February of 2000 and got out in February 2006. Okay. Got it. So you are now a veteran-owned uh, brewery. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, the beer that's in my glass was your attribute. It's a Veterans Day beer release. Correct. Tell me about this. So this is a Yakima Chief Veterans Blend of Hops that we did a 5.6% pale ale 
collaboration. Originally, we did this as a collaboration down in Thousand Oaks at Tarantula Hill. Then we did a second batch of it at our place with a group of our friends and veterans that came in to, to do the brew day with me. Nice. And so uh, dog tags and tan lines. That's what the beer is called. It is. It's a good, <laughs> why, why the tan lines part? I've been trying to figure this out. So we were sitting... You know, sitting there in, in Thousand Oaks at Tarantula Hill doing this this beer, and they make a couple other beers that are like flip flops and tan lines or okay. along those lines and everything else. And everybody's trying to throw out some names and everything. I was like, and I was wearing my dog tags, yeah. And I went and threw them up on the fin, on the fermenter as we were going into it, and I was like, well, how about just dog tags and tan lines nice and yeah. Goes, yeah we're done it's perfect we're done it's that's, great that's it so well, there's also it does kind of make you think because i was thinking of all the different ways like someone in the military might have weird tan lines or something like maybe even the oh, dog tag itself we definitely the, do right <laughs> <laughs> so uh but i like that because of the collaboration yeah and 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 being that that side of it where you're looking at the military side and the and the veteran side and and giving back to everyone on the you know the dog tags yeah and then and then taking some some fun out of it and thinking of the beach and you know having some some tan lines whether you're at the lake or the river or wherever and so heck yeah so kind of bringing it from something that's really serious to something that's just yeah just a good time we don't have to be fully serious just because it's a veteran trip no let's have some fun so i like it and what makes the the hop blend a veterans blend so every year yakima chief does two different and i could be wrong but i believe it's two different blends and at crap brewers conference they sit in a room with a bunch of hops and they come up with the veterans day blend okay and at gabf they do the same thing and that is the pink boot society blend oh yeah and so we just got those hops probably getting delivered today while i'm here if not tomorrow that we'll do our pink boot society brew day nice um with some local female brewers so does yakima give proceeds to each of them so the veterans the the proceeds go yeah so each year so with the pink boot society that those funds go to the pink boot society yeah on the veterans blend they give i believe it's two or three dollars per pound of hops sold to a different veterans organization each year oh nice so this year I believe it was the sixth year of, of Yakima Chief doing that, and it went to adapting and building houses for disabled veterans. Wow, okay. And making changes to the houses for them. So, Hey, I can drink a lot of beer for that cause. Me too. <laughs> right, that's cool. Excellent. Uh, so, and, and did you... I know, this is a kind of a, a silly question, I guess. Like, I, I know that you would buy those hops and do the beer because you want to support the cause. But what did you think about the blend itself? I loved it. Yeah? Um, okay. Do you know what it's in it? I do. So this is Citra, Talus, HBC 636, Okay. I believe, yeah. one yeah. of the experimentals. Yeah. And Sabro. Oh, yeah. And so I believe it's like 40, 40, 15 and 15. Okay. So mostly Citra, HBC 636 on the 40s and then 15 and or 10 and 10 however it was on the sabro and the talus got it it so i not that i could have ever guessed all of those by tasting it but one of them stuck out and i think it's the sabro it is you get that coconut nose yeah but 
but not overbearing or anything. But that's the thing is I, I grab this beer and I smell it. And like, I do get that coconut Sabro coming through. Yeah. And it's just so pleasant. It's really nice. I also get, uh, it's fading away with more sips, but the very first sip I got a lot of like toffee character in the malt, um, which I really like. Yeah. Uh, like just a great, so I'm a pale ale guy. Um, I, anywhere from the super light ones all the way to Sierra pale ale, like you name it. I so like we, the spectrum. We threw this thing back old school. Yeah. Throw some crystal 60 into it mm-hmm. um, to bring that, those caramel flavors and, and the coloring and everything into it and, and kind of give that ode back to the old side of it. And yeah. so I guess that's, that's the dog, the dog tag side of it. There you go. Yeah. And then the tan lines is just this happiness that's going on and the beach party that, that backs it up. So. Yeah. Well, I give the malt like the backbone of the beer. You're right. Kind of that old school tribute. But the the hop profile tastes really new school to me. Absolutely. So I yeah, like that mix. It's It was a fun, fun beer to do. That's a crowd pleaser. And uh, so do you make one, one, one barrel batch or do you brew this like several times? Um, this one we're having actually just kegged and having it here for the first time with you as well oh perfect um this was ready this morning excellent (laughs) um so this is batch two of it okay um there will be a batch three of it probably a batch four of it and then at that point we'll have to change up some hops or or we'll do a blend based on the numbers we have from them as well to okay. to try to keep doing something like this. But Got it's it. been super popular. Everybody's loving it. So I bet. we want to keep making it as long as we can continue to make it. You know, we get we buy eleven pound hops from from Yakima Chief and on a one barrel that's gonna last us Yeah. At least three batches. So, okay. So okay. yeah, we'll be able to we'll be able to do another one or two of these. And so do you only sell out of the tap room? Hundred percent. Yeah. So, by, so growlers, by the glass, yeah. nothing to go. Oh right. Just, These are the first two growlers I've ever filled. Oh, you're kidding? The ones no, you brought here? The ones that I brought are the first ones we've ever filled. Nothing leaves. Amazing. The speakeasy. Yeah. That, that yeah. doesn't exist. Wow. Everything is consumed right there. So I, I hope you don't mind me asking. It sounds like a difficult business model. You you it's, must have low overhead. I don't know what. Like it's, it's the exact opposite. Okay. We don't have low overhead. I okay. wish we did. <laughs> okay. Um I work my ass off. Yeah, all right. I'm there all the time. I it's it's a passion project. As, and you don't this, have another job. This is this your is, job. This is all I've done since I left the army. Okay. Yeah. Um as we all understand in the, in this industry, it it is a passion project. So everything I do is nothing but passion. I do it cuz I love it. It's profitable, you know, in 300 square foot, we make amazing beers. I have a great time there. We sell hundred percent of it on, on tap there, which obviously that's helpful, helps us out. Yeah. You know, we're not trying to sell beer for 30 cents down the street or anything. We're, we're yeah. selling it for $8 a pint. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it is very well thought out and everything, but it's a ton of work. Yeah. It's you're probably not driving a Lamborghini. No, I drive uh, a 2006 Chevy Express van. There we go. Yeah, (laughs) you've seen it. You've seen me camping it many times. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't changed. Got 200 plus thousand miles on it. Right. No, but I get to do the most amazing thing in this world and build community with people just by making beer. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And I'm just. I'm blessed with what the community allows me to do, not the other way around. Sure. I, I truly 
love this industry, love what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm just so excited that I get to continue to educate myself, make better beer. I truly believe this is the best beer I've ever made in commercially brewing beer for 27 years now. Yeah, where else have you brewed, if you don't mind saying? I name had, dropping a few. I had Dunbar Brewing. So I yeah, started oh. Dunbar Brewing in 1997. Okay, yeah. Um, we made it up to the pandemic. We were opening a new place right then, and we opened up one night, got shut down the next day by the fire marshal. Oh. And we never opened again. Shut down because of COVID restrictions? COVID or? restrictions, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we opened up on Friday, I believe, the 15th of March. Oh, God, 14th yeah. of March. Literally right and then. And then they walked in on the 15th of March and said, That's it. You're done. Oh, uh, like, no. Everything's in this building. What do you mean? And they're yeah. like, No, you're done. That's can I? T- I know you don't want to go off on a tangent, but I'm going oh, to. That's fine. I'm going to for you just a little bit, and and I don't want to talk about whether or not we should have been shut down or not. I don't. Sure. Give, I don't give a fuck. It happened. It happened. We're done. What I do think, though, and it, and especially around here in the Bay, and I, you'd think it'd be different up in the Bay. There's a lot of bleeding hearts up here. I used to be one of them. Um, there's a bar around the corner for me. I love going there. It's a great little dive bar. I'm not going to name the name in this particular case. I am full certain that they never closed. <laughs> they put up like a, a plywood on the windows, yeah. but they, they made a little cutout for the neon open sign. <laughs> you can still see that. I had no problem with that. I never no, had a problem with that. And you know, and, and you know, I don't think our local officials had a problem with it either because no one, no one got bothered. What I'm getting at is I'm really surprised that they actually took action like that for you because I found that there was a lot of shaking of the big stick and being told don't do this, but not a lot of enforcement about it. Right. And and maybe I need I didn't need to listen. I mean and that is <laughs> right, right. that is the true side of it. Yeah, yeah. You know. But they can as they much came as I want to break every all the rules and everything. Like of course. I, I pretty much follow them and everything. And yeah, it means a lot to me too, to, to do things the right way. Same. So at the end of it, I was like, you know what? Okay. Yeah. And that was that. And I love it. Yeah. I'm, I, so now you wouldn't, now you wouldn't bothers, change it. No, I wouldn't change it at all. Yeah. The, you know, the best thing I've ever been doing for me personally, me mentally, for the community, for the brewing industry, yeah. is spent grain brewing. Yeah, yeah. I'm making the best beers I've ever done, which is a blessing to the community as well and in the beer industry. And how about your stress level? Lower than, oh, than with the... <laughs> I don't even have it anymore. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Oh, this is, oh I love man. it. This is such great news. <laughs> I went to the dentist today. This is going to sound like a random story, but it fits this stress thing. I have to get a new guard made because I grind my teeth yeah. at, and I ground a hole in my <laughs> guard. I'm so, and the, the dentist looked at me, he's like, yeah, you stressed out much or what, buddy? And I'm like, I guess so. I didn't know. He's like, oh, you own a business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, trying to keep it open during the COVID sure. and, you know, and, and having, of course, I got, I got like 15 employees and stuff. So you know how that's, that all is. And so, I did too. So that's why I'm asking, like, you, it must be a kind of a weight off. It's just. It is. Yeah. And and I get to call the shots. And, and, and like you were asking about the not having a door and, and being a speakeasy and how that plays in. And it does play into that. It plays into it for me on the personal level where yeah. I don't have to play the game if if I don't if I can't. Right. You know, if I if I'm physically done for the day or whatever, yeah. I can just leave and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's still a business and and it's 100% treated that way and but 
unlike before, I don't have a dozen employees and I don't have to pay all the extra side of that with work comp and payroll yeah. taxes and everything else. It's, it's a lot. It's just me. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, we've been open 10 months now, 11 months. And in the first year, it was profitable. Yeah. And that's amazing. That and is amazing. And and, and, and and so difficult. So and that's you know lucky. how much work goes into that. And, yeah. And I'm proud of that. I'm really proud of what I was able to do with it and what I continue to do with it. And, you know, I'm just having fun. And, and that's yeah. when the stress leaves, you really get to focus on what what we all got into this for yeah and our love and our passion for for beer it's not even beer i mean we do make beer but it's really about building that community sure and and making friends with our neighbors and making our neighbors become friends with our neighbors yeah (laughs) and, and and truly building a community and and that's beer does that and i love it i'm just you know i i've been humbled by this industry and yeah and that's a beautiful thing. Sure. Not a negative thing. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. just, I love it. Well, I want to talk more about that. I want to take a break real quick. Sure. And uh, because uh, I, I did find you, you put in your notes to me, um, you know, that you're super optimistic and excited about the craft I beer am. industry. And I got to tell you, <laughs> I was surprised to read that sentence from a brewer uh, right around these times. And I'll tell you why when we come back. So hang in there. You're listening to the session. We're hanging out with Chris Chambers from Spent Grain Brewing. And we'll be right back. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Welcome back to the session. Thank you for hanging out with us today. And we're still talking with Spent Grain Brewing out of uh, San Luis Obispo. Uh, I think people have to find you like on Facebook or something if they want info, right? Google, Instagram, yeah, okay. Facebook. Yeah, we're in Atascadero. So just, yeah, I guess 12 miles north of or eight miles north of San Luis Obispo. But yeah, that's okay. where we're at. And then you, they got to find that, like we mentioned in the first event, you got to find the phone number, you got to text Chris, and he lets you in the speakeasy. Yeah. That's yeah. We don't have a door. I meet everybody on the back side of the building. There's a set of double glass doors. Okay. You text from there, I bring you in. Nice. Love it. All right. So uh, I'm having more of your, of your pale ale right now, which of course is called Dog Tags and Tan Lines. I refilled my glass at the break because it's delicious. Thank Love you. the old school, new school. So thanks for bringing that. Um, but what we were talking about is uh, you being excited about <laughs> craft beer right now. I am. And, and I don't want to sound cynical, but, you know, um, I read all of the trade magazines. I know what's happening in the sure, beer world right now. we all now. do. We understand the trends and what's going on, but so it's all bullshit. Talk to, yeah, talk to me about that. What's exciting right now? You know, so when I started this in 1997, it like that long ago, when I first opened up in Los Osos, there was less than 100 breweries in California. 
Mm. And so I've been around. I, I feel like I got a story to tell. I got some some things that I've noticed that other people didn't grow up with or or weren't necessarily out of diapers yet when when this all started. Yeah. So seeing what's going on with it, I I think it's a great time for craft beer industry. I I love what we're doing. I think that the the brewing industry as a whole has gotten away from acting like we work at the DMV mm. and gotten back to like love, like we love what we do and we love the other people that are doing this. And so not just the collaborations and everything that take, that take place, but that, that people see on the shelves, but the collaborating that takes place on a daily basis yeah. where we're calling and talking to each other, sending text messages to each other, you know, we are each other's best friends and, and it's truly showing and it, it's becoming more and more of a community and more and more of a family. Sure. As it was back in 97 or back in the day. And it's great to see that coming back. Now the industry as a whole is, is getting this pummeled. Yeah. And I understand that. And I'm not going to argue that at all. It is true. And <laughs> And the thing is, if you want to open up a brewery and you think you're going to be the next thing that has nationwide nationwide distribution, you're not. Yeah. So get over that idea. But is that really what anyone wants to do? Right. I mean, if, if you're trying to build your community and you're trying to be that neighborhood brewery pub or or regional where you have three, four, six of them in a county or two you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. That is what everybody wants. I mean, so that ab- hyper local. Absolutely. Feeling. Yeah. You know, post COVID a speakeasy brewery pre COVID never would work. Okay. Yeah. I truly believe that. Okay. Post though it is. I mean, we're all hypersensitive and hyper local. Everybody wants things from their neighborhood and, and where they're from. They don't want to have stuff that was made in, you know, Chicago, New York, every, I mean, we do enjoy those things too, and we will continue to enjoy them, but everybody really wants to have things that are in their, whatever they consider their neighborhood. Sure. So I think it's a great time for the beer industry. I think that the breweries that believe in building a community are going to succeed tremendously. Yeah. That's where it's at. It's about that, that love. It, you know, and well, you know, I think one of the, you know, there's a lot of reasons given about why craft beer is where it is now, right? Sure. Probably the most legit is just that it's a mature industry like every other one, and that just happens. You 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 just can't always sustain 15 percent growth year after year. It's no, just, it's going to happen. But I do think something that people don't talk about much they they talk about it in different ways. But you know, when I started in the in the industry, which was '05. Um, there was very much a us against them vibe. Sure, that's the DMV era. Yeah, then the craft Everybody brewers were like, buddy. well, <laughs> not not, but it was craft brewers against big brewers. Yes, and it's the story that was told, and and I bought into it. By the way, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, f macro beer, right? So I was all I was all about that. And that story got told, and people bought into it, and consumers kept buying. They're like, yeah, we're part of this team, and then. Then that the, team got bought. The consolidation phase started happening, right? Yeah. That team got bought. Everybody loved uh, the big guy. You're now, like, yeah, yeah, give me a billion dollars. Let's do this. <laughs> now, I've never uh, poo-pooed on this show 
the buyouts. And, no. And there's a re- the reason Absolutely. is like, because I believe in the American dream. Absolutely. So get I that, think when, money. when Jack White started as a homebrew shop and then Ballast Point and then sold Ballast, it was the first one to sell it for a billion dollars and everyone was mad. I'm like standing up and cheering that Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Hell yeah. And then Tony right behind it. Tony did the same. Yeah. But I do think that there's a lasting effect of that. Like when your team sells out, however you want to judge that sure. or not judge it. And so we became, as consumers, a little less loyal to craft beer because we felt maybe craft beer wasn't all that loyal to us. Right. Right. And, uh, and, I, and then, of course, now then add in all the other hundred reasons that craft beer is where it is, right? But I do think that people ignore a little bit that part of the storyline that we bought into that got that page got turned and like, oh, no, let's forget we ever said that stuff to you. And the reason I bring this up is folks like you who have a nano and have this passion and have this hyper local thing. I agree with you on this point because it does kind of go back to the roots. It does kind of go back to like, well, I'm going to go hang out with Chris because Chris gets it. And I don't think he's bullshitting me when he says it's us against them or, or I, or even if you just say I'm into local and I'm not going anywhere, you bring me a Miller high life and I'll be happy as can be and drink it right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Like That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's what we're doing. We're building a community. And, and, yeah. and so that's where I think, you know, the breweries have to focus on it, that. You know, I truly believe I was hurt, hurt with anchor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was brought in to cut well, my wh- teeth on it. I'm when like, they I sold or it. when they closed. Yes. I was not <laughs> upset when they sold because okay, yeah. Fritz had nobody to send it to. So, right. So, you know what? I got to do what it. you got to do. Yeah. But what happened when it closed, I was happy. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, please let this die. Yeah. I truly believe that that brand, Anchor Brewing, will come back hmm. as a hyper local San Francisco brewery. Okay. That yeah. has nothing to do with corporate. Yeah. And it will be very successful in San Francisco. Yeah. It will never have that national. No. Yeah. And it never really did. Right. It tried to, and and it was never, but I, I do believe that Anchor will come back, and I, I believe that we'll all go and drink an Anchor beer right. in San Francisco, and it'll be awesome. You're probably I'll right. I'll be so happy that we're doing that. I do hope it's slightly different, though. It will be. The beer. Because, yeah. It, and here's why I say Everything that. has to evolve. That's all I'm saying. I get the tradition. I get that it's a San Francisco staple. All right, but I'm not buying rice aroni every day because it's the San Francisco treat. No, I want something. That's to, not a treat. I've, I've grown up a little bit, a and now I want dog. my rice to be a little different, right? So, it's a dog treat. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? Like um, Anchor, in part, or at least the people who bought it, did it into sure you they, can't just be like well it's because it's the way it's always been no you know you that, can't do that's it. gone yeah and so i i do believe that that will come back in in some level with as a passion project yeah as people that care about it and that want to experiment and and see the new things that come through and and play a part in the beer industry and make amazing beer i do believe in in my dreams of the beer world that yeah. will I will see that in my lifetime. That yeah. will happen. I think and you're I'll be excited right. about it. 
I mean, the fact that the building's just still there with a brewery in it and people talking about it, I think you're right. Yeah. It's just who comes in with the and right amount even, of money and passion. I don't even know if it'd be there versus the tap room. I see. Where yeah, it is yeah. even smaller. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that brewery is too big yeah. for what it would try to do but the tap rooms wouldn't be or somebody opens up a tin barrel yeah as anchor brewing in san francisco because they love it as we all do and did right then it would it'll be a wonderful thing yeah absolutely and and that's where i'm excited about the industry i i that's what i see you know the the nationwide distribution there's always going to be one or two that break out as there has been yeah but that it's harder. Than that ever. isn't the focus, and that yeah. shouldn't by why be why anyone gets in this industry to go do that. Yeah, people should get into this industry. You know, the days of like, oh, it's easy, just open up a brewery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I've been doing it for twenty seven years, and it's never been easy. Yeah, right. You know, it's always been about the passion. It, it. I've never had another job. It is a life. It's yeah. a lifestyle. It is what we do. We are brewers. We work in this industry. We, you know, you'll see us at the parades and the Christmas tree lightings and yeah, any fundraiser that the community builds. That's where you're going to see us, you know. Yeah. The nationwide distribution, while something's going on in, like I said, New York, I don't, I'm not connected to that. Right, right. And they're not connected to me. So let me focus on what I can be part of and People can see me doing it. People want to see people. And they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. well, yeah, you're out there. There's you're, a person who made that. Right. Yeah. You're doing this. And so so in that sense, I'm truly excited about the beer industry. I believe that the people that are going to get into it or that can continue to stay in it are doing it for the right reasons. Hmm. And that that's why I'm excited about this industry as a whole now. And, and I believe that that it just brings in the love. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to put us, I'm going to put words in your mouth here and you sure. can, you can take them right back out. You there's, you don't mind then that there's this kind of shakeout happening. If it's happening to brewers who, who maybe shouldn't be here in the first place, who maybe we're in it for the money and not in it for the beer. Uh, Cause there is a shakeout happening just like there was back in yeah. early 2000. And that, you know, um, Sounds to me like you're like, well, hey, that, you know, if you're into it, you're going to make it. And if you're not, you're not. Exactly. Yeah. If you're passionate about beer. Yeah. If, if this is your life, if you've dedicated your life to this. Yeah. Welcome. Right. Because right. we've all been doing this. And, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and oh, it's like a, a deep breath to the rest of us. Thank, thank God there's more of us. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love it. But if you thought this was how you buy your Maserati or your Lamborghini, then. Yeah. I mean, it's how you buy your 2006 Chevy Express van. <laughs> it's how I bought my 2000 Toyota. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. See you at the dealership. Yeah. yeah. I've had to put two engines in that fucker already. Right. <laughs> so, and I'm yeah. still at it though. I'm going to, I'm going to turn this interview into an inspirational video. Chris, cool. For the, I, for the beer industry. I would love to do it. Like, <laughs> that's what this is. I mean, yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I'm. I, I love talking about my beer and what I do and everything, but I love talking about this industry as a whole. Like I've dedicated my life to it and, and I'm proud of that. Yeah. And I want everyone else that's doing this to be proud of that as well and, and be excited about what we're doing. Sure. And realize that, you know, 
There might not be the millions or billions to make anymore. Yeah. But there weren't in the first place. Right. That those were rare occasions. Yeah, exactly. You know. It's like winning the lottery. So so welcome to what we do and Yeah. (laughs) You know. Right. It's it's passionate and it's gonna kill you and (laughs) (laughs) And make you happy at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about beer and hops. Yes, um, I love hops. Yes, yeah, so you had mentioned to me this like you're super into all the new hops, and you know a lot of people are, of course. But yeah. um, there's so many different, not just it's new hop, to me, hop varieties, but like hop technologies. I mean, hops are are they they've been the cool kid pretty much since I started in '05. Yes, but th- that's only gone like now they're really the cool kid. So talk to me about like some of your favorites. What do you like using right now? You know, so when I started as Dunbar in 97 and, and ran that project for a long time, I was doing traditional Irish English, Scottish ales. Okay. So all malt based hops were never something I really focused on. You some, know? some EKGs, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Love them. Some Goldings and uh, maybe some Chinook. Some Willamette, you know, something, but yeah. Okay. But so the change of that has been absolutely amazing. And just the education, we all as brewers need to continue to educate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the first things I did bringing on this program of, of d- doing spent grain brewing was came up here and at faction brewing, we did the fermentous yeast Academy. Oh yeah. And went, went through the yeast university or whatever fermentous called it. And it was awesome. Yeah. Um, just to get to understand it of what, you know, what that means and and to learn about the yeast side of things, which obviously makes clean beer, as you can see. I mean, it's pretty clean beer. It's damn clean you beer. Know, we're, yep. we're not messing around when it comes to that. And yep. that's that's from that introduction of going from British ale yeast to, you know, USO5 or sure. Cali and, and just learning a lot of things. And then, then come on the hops and, and learning how we have this clean beer and a great slate to start adding things to and so you know like what hops can we play around with and and what can we do and and so i started out the first beer i did as spent grain brewing is called bodacious okay and that's an extra pale ale and i was going down to tarantula hill and helping out when my buddy mike was on paternity leave had a baby and went and made a few turns for them and helped out in the brew house and um, our good friends from uh, June Lake came down. Oh yeah. They brewed down there for like six weeks, trying to give Mike as much time off as he could with, with his new baby Bo. And that's why my beer is named Bodacious. Nice. Because I stole some hops (laughs) (laughs) and made this extra pale ale. And so the first time I did it was Peacherine. Oh, yeah. And so got my hands on some of the first round of Petrine out of New Zealand. Crazy hop. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I got three pounds of it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, this beer's amazing, and I'll never be able to make it again. Oh, no, yeah. But that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And and so then it went to Nectaron, and then it went to Citra Galaxy Mosaic Blend, and this new batch that's coming out will be all Waimea. Okay. And the Waimea came in through the Kakua project, which we'll 
we'll get on. Yeah. Um, and that's the first time I was introduced to that hop. And so just seeing how those hops can truly change a beer was was eye-opening to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I had really played around with, with being able to introduce a hop to a beer that I knew mm-hmm. and changing it up and going how much it changes based on on that hop going in. And so it became like truly a passion project and and doing a one barrel brew house and I'm able to play around a little bit more than yeah. a lot of people. And, yeah. You know, Yakima cheese putting out the forward program. It's going to be a hop testing idea. Okay. I put in for that. I'd love to be part of that and work with them and try out these new hops and, and give them true feedback you know, where our feedback is in-house. It's 300 square foot with my customers. Right. It's not going to distro. It's all sitting there. So I can get that feedback from my customers that I'm seeing daily. Yeah. Like, well, how, what did you think? And they're like, oh, well, I like this because it's this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I like the last batch because I'm more, I like more hot bitterness than I like, hop, you know, flavor, flavor and everything. Yeah, yeah. And so it's neat to, to get all that feedback from everyone and, and really see it. And so... I've gotten to learn and continue to educate myself a lot more. And and that comes from my, my good buddy, you know, Dustin Crawl, mm-hmm. who really <clears throat> always is pushed for education. Okay, yeah. And and to not be that complacent brewer. And, you know, I love him for many reasons, but that's one of them that he kept pushing me to go and learn more and more and more and keep that education going. Well, and with so much coming out now, I mean, he's right. You just have to. Yeah. You know, there's just, it's, and it's, I feel like it's just evolving rapidly too. Uh, like I it said, it's saying crazy how much yeah. is coming through. Yeah. When I started the, the interviews in the, in the early days of the Brewing Network, you know, there'd be certain guests who really uh, were documenting everything and had like the research dialed in. But honestly, most guests, there was a lot of, uh, Throwing your hands up in the air, like, I don't know why that happens. It just happens. Right. And, and I'm not saying they were bad brewers, even. These are some good brewers. But there's just a lot of the brewing process that we still don't even know why it happens. No. Because it, we've <laughs> it always said me. brewing beer can be as simple as making soup on the stove or as complex as brain surgery. It just depends on what kind of brewer you want to be. Right. And nowadays, I think that's more true than ever because Boy, is stuff coming out left and right. Um, I also think you're right that brewers communicate more than they ever did to each other. There's a lot of sharing going on. A lot of that sharing going on and a lot of documentation that just was never there before. You know, there was a lot of documentation about how, you know, mash temperatures and you name it, but not about the real intricacies of how hops play with yeast and play with malt and the the reactions that happen on the hot side and the cold side. And I don't think we have the research to... With the hop side of it, the hop farmers and the growers and the, you know, to understand that either. Yeah. And they're spending a ton of time and, and money into that to understand and developing the new products as you're talking about, you know, incognito right. and, you know, and, and, and all the liquid forms, hot side, cold side, where you can use this, where you want to use it, where you don't yeah. want to use it. There's so much new stuff coming out, you know. And by the way, thank you brewers for that because 
The reason they're able to do all that, to put that amount of money into it, is because now there's money in we're supporting doing it. it. There's yeah, money in doing it. it. You know, because years ago, before my time, shit, before your time, there wasn't money in hops. If you weren't no. growing, well, I think it was Willamette that just Budweiser bought all the Willamette on Earth. Um, there wasn't money in hops. You grew something else. Right. So thanks to consumers and craft brewers, Yakima Chief and others uh, and the growers. Hollandary, Crosby. Crosby. You know, they're they're making... able to dump money into those research programs. Because we're helping make the money. Absolutely. I think that's a good thing. That's a great, that's a healthy cycle, right? It is. And yeah. and to know those farmers directly and like to go and see them and everything, it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm excited to continue that growth and work with them and hopefully be part of that forward project and everything with, with them. And it's not just the Akma chief, it's the the farmers themselves. Yeah. And, and try out these new hops and give them true feedback on, on what's going on with it and and whether or not that should be something we should continue to keep growing or focusing on or something back off because this other variety is right. doing. And that was the thing when we were we were playing around with Petrine and Nectaron, and Nectaron is definitely the New Zealand hop. Everyone wants to push Everyone that. Everyone wants that, yeah. So yeah. Petrine is kind of like men pushed aside, but it's it shouldn't bad. be. Yeah. It no. should it should rise to the top. First beer yeah. I had with that, uh, uh, my friend uh, Wondrous uh, brought in a beer with yeah. that. And I was like, oh, you, you, you put peach in that beer. No. No? <laughs> That's where I learned about peacherine. Yeah. It's an amazing hop. Yeah. Yeah. But that kind of happens. Like some of the best hops are going to go by the wayside. I think sure. that's like the life of hops for whatever reason. And they change. And maybe that They're one- going to change throughout the years yeah. and, and the growth cycles, so- Maybe that one wasn't like hardy enough to a robust enough. Maybe it came out great, but it just was having trouble being grown. Right? right. Like you never know. It's still agriculture, which is another thing I love about beer. Absolutely. It's very yeah, much agriculture. To... So one of, one of the beers, uh, we don't have it here today, but I noticed one that you brewed uh, was IPA you did with Strata. Yes. I, I want your take on Strata. Describe, Strata describe that hop to me, if you can. Yeah, if I can. That's, that's the whole thing. It's right? a weird one to me. that I, So I like it. Um, I, I love it. I think it 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 brings a lot of great aromas into it. It brings you citrus. It brings you tropical. You know, it, it's one of the first hops that I really open when like just smelling hops, opening up bags of it, and tear open a bag, and you're like, "Oh my, <laughs> where has this been in my life?" Yeah, yeah, you know. Everybody loves Mosaic. I love Mosaic. Yeah, Mosaic. It's in everything. Yeah. It's great. But Strata was like the first thing that like I opened up and it changed my senses. It made me think and I'm like, this is that, but it's this and that. And like I'm all over the place on it. Yeah. And and I love that it brings in a level of complexity that we don't get from just using the same hop all the time. And so I'm excited about it. I think it's making great beers. I know there's people making beers that are straight, just called Strata. Yep. Yep. And that's awesome. Totally. And your, was be. yours a hundred percent Strata too? Yep. Yeah. So Strata da da da, the West coast <laughs> IPA. So nice. it's a little Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg steal that we did on that one. And yeah, you know, if it's West coast, it's West coast. So I like it. Um, that's where I'm at on that. 7%. You know, it's super crushable. Okay. Just, yeah. I really, I can't wait to get 
some of that into your hands and Heck let yeah. you try it and everything. But I had to come down to you. Our, our number one, our number one selling beer for sure. What else? You got any other hops out there that you really love right now? I got some things I'm really excited to try and play around with. Yeah. Um, the grungiest, which is the green ghost. That's what the name, which one's the name of the hop? Green ghost? No, it's, it's the grungiest. That's the name of the hop? AKA green ghost. It's a German hop. Okay. Um, I'm getting ready to do a Kolsch with that. I'm excited about doing that. Why is it called the grungiest? Is it super dank? It can't be for a German hop. Super low alpha acids. I mean, it's a noble derivative, so. The Green Ghost. That's a great name. Yeah. um, I believe the first beer I had with that was, I want to say it was Pier Beer from Pizza Port. Okay. I think uses that hop. And it was one of those things that like just cracked open. I'm like, yeah, what, what, (laughs) what am I having here? Amazing. I like this hop. Um, so that's a new one that I'm getting ready to to play around with, have some fun with. Okay. Um, I'm anchovy. Ex- that's not the name of the hop. It is. It's I don't terrible. Know. Everybody get over this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Pacific Northwest just straight said, call it anchovy. Nobody will buy it. Yeah, right. We're like- going to keep this for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, just come up with the worst name possible. Yeah. And it's not. It doesn't smell like an anchovy at all. You, you've um, you've tried it. I have. I've tried some beers with it. I've. What is it like? I haven't had it in my hands to okay. to brew with it yet. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's Bigfoot out of Canada. Okay. A new Canadian like wild hop. Not <laughs> not new. It's been around for a hundred years or something. Okay, they just cultivated a yeah, wild hop. So yeah. something new that's that's going on. So leave it to the Canadians. Yeah, but that's the one. Like anchovy. Like who names their hop? <laughs> no, like, that's weird. This beer's got to be terrible. I'm trying to think of another. There's been but, names in the past being, where I'm like they're being tricky on me. Yeah, because it was good. Yeah. Oh, that's they want to hold it from themselves. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> brew with anchovy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take another uh, quick break, and I want to get some of your porter in my glass. So we're going to do a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about a couple of your uh, collaboration projects that you've done. I want to talk about the Kakua project. Cool. And then we're going to play a little random question, get to know Chris. I like it. All right, hang in there. You'll listen to the session. We'll be right back. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Their website features real-time inventory, which means if you can put it in your cart, they can guarantee it'll ship the same day by 4 p.m. on weekdays. Want easy and simple electric brewing? Check out the new Series 2 Mash and Boil, featuring an elevated grain basket so you don't have to calculate sparge water. Williams also features the full Kegland line, everything from Brewzilla to Maltzilla and a huge selection of duo-tight fittings. Looking for a kegerator? Look no further than the Kegland Series X and Plus kegerators, which feature 4 and 8 keg capacity in a compact footprint. And free shipping to the lower 48. Interested in distilling? Look up their proven Williams American bourbon and brandy kits, as well as complete distilling equipment packages and conversion kits for popular systems like the Mash and Boil, Anvil, and the Grainfather. Check them out today. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. Welcome back to the session. Thanks for hanging out with us. Still talking beer with Chris Chambers from Spent Grain Brewing down in San Luis Obispo. It's, uh... 
Well, it's the only speakeasy brewery we know of. It's the only one I've ever been to. <laughs> Certainly the only one we've had on the show. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I'm going to have to get down there. Hi, everybody. It. All right. So uh, we were talking hops before the break, but I wanted to talk about a couple of the beer projects you did. Yes. I noticed that you did a beer for the Kakua Project. I did. Which was a, a Maui fundraiser. It was a Maui fundraiser for Lahaina. Yeah. Um, have you been was- there? I've never been. Yeah, I've, I've been. Never. I want to. And it was uh, devastating to see the photos of that. I have after. friends that are from there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, people, yeah. San Luis Obispo and Lahaina ha- seem to have a lot of connections. Okay. And so a lot of people, people that you know, actually, um, f- from that lived in Lahaina. Yeah. They came to San Luis Obispo working for the same restaurant company. I see. Um, yeah, Gemma, oh yeah, friend from Firestone. She's yeah. from Lahaina. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she worked for Cool Cats Cafe. Okay, I know that place. Yeah, which was in Lahaina. Yeah, and burnt down along with the other two restaurants they had. Yeah, but that's what brought her to San Luis Obispo in the first place. Okay, who I know that she's a good friend of both of ours. That, yeah, that moved on from the beer industry, but that's how she got here was was through Cool Cats, and so okay, you know. And that there's just a strong connection with San Luis Obispo and and Maui through the restaurant industry, and so a lot of people have come back and forth back, you know. And so it just it was something that meant a lot to me. Yeah, um, I've been blessed where I've never had anything, so to give a little bit away has never meant anything. Yep. Per, you know, I've never had anything, so <laughs> to give a little bit, yeah, just means that you know I'll just work a little harder tomorrow. Right. It's fine. It was a cool project that Garrett from Maui uh, initiated, from Maui Brewing, I should say, uh, initiated, right? So we started originally, we got to do the first project for um, Paradise with Sierra Nevada. The Paradise Fires up here, yeah. And so this is the third industry-wide edition of a wildfire relief that the (laughs) brewing industry has done. Mm -hmm. And so there was resilience for California. Yeah. Resilience for um Australia. Yeah, okay. And then Kakua is the third the third rendition, so we've been able to take part in two of those. Yeah. The the Australia was right during the COVID shutdown for us, so we weren't able to participate in that. So being that I've been on that since the ground level from the original, it it means a lot to me and Yeah. you know, while we are so small, I know that being anything makes a difference. It does. Yeah. And so we were, I was super, I mean, it's just me. I say we, and I always talk about we, and it's me. It's probably why your friends think you're crazy. Nah, they probably got some <laughs> other reasons, but <laughs> yeah. What's the beer that you brewed? So I, I did Kakua. So I did a session IPA that Garrett put out the recipe for. And okay. So, um, it was very interesting. I got it and, and I looked at it, I was like, well, this isn't going to work based uh, on the numbers that, that they were giving us. And and part of that just breaks down to a, a one-barrel batch. Okay. So I knew it was going to be super light. I was like, you know what? Run it. Do it exactly. Their temperatures, their grain bill, okay, their hops, everything, and do it. So our version probably was the lightest one out of any ones that came out. It came out at 3.8%. Wow. Um but a lot of body, and I was super 
it was a different brewing technique that I hadn't done. Okay. Uh, temperature wise and everything. And it what was, was the mash temp? Do you remember? One forty. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Low. Low. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was still like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. But it did, and it it was it brought in a ton of body on such a light beer. Okay. And that was the first time I got to use Waimea hops, and we were blessed with the ability to get Cryo Mosaic, and like nice as a one barrel with no contracts and everything, trying to get something. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, shut up. You, you, you get whatever you can find. You're right. But to be able to to get those hops and everything, it was amazing and and got to brew that beer. And so with that, we did 100% donation. Um, so for us, that meant every $8 pint that got sold at our bar, $8 got sent to Lahaina. Oh, right. So not just profit, just everything that came in. 100%. So nice. Yeah. A $1,200 donation That's off awesome. of a one barrel. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, and I know that $1,200 is going to get in the right hands and, and make a difference to everybody. Yeah. And that's great. It's just, that's why we do this. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, it, it is that love. That's the sense of the community and the community gets it gets bigger and that's why i was saying it's a great time to be in this industry and while there might not be that nationwide distribution everything you know there there's those little hints of it that even on a one barrel it is yeah you know we're doing something for maui in atascadero california right a tiny another tiny town yeah but we are part of that and it, it it's it means the world to me to be able to do that and and that's be great. able to be part of that absolutely super super excited i mean it sucks nobody wants to be involved in these projects because it means something tragic took place sure it'd be we'd we'd be better if they didn't have to exist right but they do yeah and And, so and i'm lucky that i've been able to participate in that and and make donations through a few of these projects so far so right and your next one coming up is the pink boots society project yeah so we're gonna brew we're going to have a open day to the Pink Boot Society and have everybody in that wants to be involved in it. Yeah. Do a Pink Boot Society brew. And same thing, the you know, with purchasing the hops, there's a per seat or I think it was $2 per pound that goes to the society itself. So that's a Yakima Chief blend. Correct. Again. Okay. Yeah. I'm not really sure what the blend is on this one. Okay. I mean... But brewers out there, if you're interested, you can, you you also can go to Yakima Chief, ask them about the blend, and purchase yes. it, and your purchase dollars portion goes to the Pink yeah. Boots Society. And so we just, like I said, it was getting delivered today or tomorrow. We'll have those hops on hand. Um, I believe March 8th is the preferred brew day for that. Okay. Um, which is the International Women's Day. Okay. I believe I might have that date wrong, but I believe it's March 8th. Nice. So I don't know if we'll brew it that day or maybe we brew it and do a release that day. Oh, there you go. You yeah. Know, we'll, we'll have some fun with it. So we'll reach out to the Pink Boot Society um, group in San Luis Obispo County and see who wants to brew that beer and participate in it. And we'll, we have the hops for them and we'll just open up the place to them. And then we will donate proceeds from that batch as well to the pink boot society as a whole nice that's the good stuff man all right sunset porter is in my glass sunset porter so before we get to get to know chris help me get to know this beer tell me about it what do you think well 
You tell me the story. I, I thought it was just a porter, and I was like, man, it tastes really like rich and robust. And then I went back to my notes, and it's a robust porter. <laughs> so that makes sense. Um, at 5%. At 5%. So is is that low? Is it what's it's it supposed super to be? Low. It's supposed to be like six or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, by supposed to, you know what I mean, like whatever the guidelines say. Sure, but I don't know. Um, so it's got a great. Um, it's not quite. It's like a, a mix between a like a coffee and a roast and a toffee. It's not. It's not one of any of those things. It's a nice, I think, blend. Thank you. Of of roast and coffee toffee. Uh, so that's in in the aroma for me. Um, and then, yeah, it's bursting with flavor. So that's nice. I think 5% is like the right level. I like it at I five. do too. Yeah. I, I love it at this. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. like I said, I opened up Dunbar Brewing in 1997 in 300 square foot on a half barrel system from St. Patrick's of Texas. It was okay. a little three-tier half barrel brew house that I started commercially brewing on. And that just happened to be Sunset Drive. Okay. So this is my my throwback, my ode to to the Dunbar era and everything, and mm. and decided that I was going to make a porter, something totally new, but gave it that name of Sunset Porter because it gives back to the original address of of where this all started and and where I mean my passion started long before that, but sure. where my passion for commercially brewing and being in this industry began. Okay, so yeah, so Sunset Porter. If I was um, just thinking about it again, because took another couple sips before you keep describing it. If I was to describe it to my listener so they knew what I was tasting at home, I would say it's right smack between a pretty standard porter and a cold-pressed coffee. Yes. It's like in the middle there. Like so it's, so it's obviously more than just a standard porter and a little less than a cold-pressed coffee. It's like right in the middle there. That's, that's the closest description I could give if I wanted someone to know what I think it tastes like. So I, I find it just very enjoyable. Yeah. You know, um, what's in it? What's the malt bill? <laughs> the malt bills all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just had, I just had fun with it is really the thing. And I wanted to, to bring back my malty side versus me learning about hops and, and how to play around with adding more and, different hops and everything to get those flavors and aromas. I wanted to go back to my basics that I understood with malt and, and go pull a whole bunch of flavors and aromas strictly from malt. Okay. So I got a little weird on it. Like I I just had, I went old school Dunbar ways on it and just had some fun and, and brought back or didn't bring back. I refused to, to bring back anything. I wanted to bring something new to it, but with those old flavors and aromas and everything that, that I used to brew with. So I wanted to give kind of that old world flavors and aromas to a beer, but make it fun and exciting. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been a long time since anybody had an exciting English, English ale. <laughs> yeah. I love them, but yeah, I mean, yeah. when uh, exciting is not usually a I'm descriptor. An honest thing. Yeah. yeah. So I really just wanted to have fun with this, and and I really wanted to make the best porter anyone's ever had. Yeah, and I hope I'm there. I'll never quit <laughs> tweaking or anything, but of course, yeah. But I, you know, this is this is what I thought everybody would enjoy in a porter. Yeah, it it is delicious. 
I do what I what I want you to do in the future next time you, you're you're getting weird. Yeah, you, you, it's a phrase you just said. I want you to name a beer. I got a little weird on it. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I think it's a great beer name. We can definitely do that. So. <laughs> I don't know what style that's going to be. Maybe you don't either, but I yeah. got a little weird on it. It's a great beer name for a small brewery. <laughs> yes. what got a, uh, It got a little weird last night. <laughs> I'm going to put that in my notes right now. I'm not even taking a shower. And this is weird. Normally, yeah. I'm like yelling at my wife, Jennifer, write this down. She's like, what? English East on this, too? No. Really? No. Because it's a little estuary. I know. But that's all the malt, huh? It is all the malt. So what is it? Just a cow yeast? Yep. That's US05. Okay. Yeah. No, it's it's estuary. Yeah. A little, little if in the nose, just a little fruity estuary. I like I, it. I got a trick for that, and I can't tell it on, on this microphone. So. Oh, you can't? You don't share yeah. those, those I'll secrets? Tell it, I'll tell you afterwards, but <laughs> it's all about the 1%. Okay. Whatever the one percent of your grain bill is, yes, okay, that's All what right. it is. Okay, interesting, and it, and it amazes me how well it came through. We're not talking about just like acidulated malt. Here. No, okay. there's no acidulated at all. Okay, All no, right. but there's a one percent. Okay, all right, you tell me, it's one percenter. So that's fair. That's good beer. They're both great beers. Thank you for sharing them. Thank you. Uh, because we're running up on time here, let's do a little get to know Chris. You down with that? I'm down. All right. Okay, this doesn't have to be just brewers, the answer to this question. It could be okay. anybody. And the question is, if you could brew with anyone, you know, a famous person you like, someone you look up to, someone who's passed and gone, I don't know. If you could brew with anybody, who would you brew with? Johnny Cash. Nice. That's a good one. <laughs> That'd be a fun brew day right yeah, there. Yeah, we get weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be the beer that, that we got that a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Um, you got any? You got a hidden talent? You know that, you, that that either you're known for, that you know that you have any any weird hidden talent that you're allowed to say to the public? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I just gimp around. <laughs> Do you have a go-to karaoke song? I should. Everybody should have one. Even if you don't like karaoke, everyone needs one in their back I love, pocket. I love a microphone, and I love to sing. Oh, there we go. All right. Um, you must have something in there. What's the last one you sang? I actually can't think of it the last time <laughs> I did karaoke. So oh, we got to get you out to karaoke. I need to go do that. <laughs> yeah, we we'll, get you out karaoke. We'll come back to that. I'll make one. All right. What was your first car? A... Toyota Corolla Tercel. Oh, right. <laughs> Back when they were all the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Was it, I'm, I can already I picture it in my head. You. Was, was it copper. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, was it like shit brown? Yes. I can already picture it in yeah. my head. <laughs> I yeah. call that copper. Yeah, yeah shit brown for sure. <laughs> yeah. That, we class it up a little bit. It's copper. Yeah. <laughs> That's Church funny. it up, Joe Dirt. Mine was like a really bad, like Nova, like seventy yeah. something. Not the cool Nova. Not the cool. No, Nova, like the yeah, four like, door, like like late. Maybe it was an eighty one. They put all the smog stuff on. Exactly. It was yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Are you superstitious at all? Oh yeah. What's your weirdest superstition? Like the dumbest one. You know what I mean by weird. <laughs> I'm very superstitious, by the way. That's why I'm I mean, like, I don't wear my socks for like a week straight. Scott over here does, but you know, <laughs> if something good happens, he won't yeah. change his socks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's baseball um, superstition right there. 
I mean, I believe it at all. I mean, ghosts, all that stuff, you know, ladders. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 13. annoying. With I love number 13, so I'm okay with that. Uh, I don't like... So this year of the... I don't even like saying it, but my beer festival this year. Every year I've called it the the something annual Spring yeah. Brews Festival. This year it's just called Spring Brews Fest 2024 because I don't fuck with that number. <laughs> I can't do it. That number, that number bothers me. I'll, I'll almost... I'm that guy who will almost not stay on the 13th floor of the hotel. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm that. I'm kind of dumb. I just stay at hotels that don't have a 13th floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're often cheaper, I'll tell you yeah. that. <laughs> no, I'm definitely superstitious, and there's, there's things that get me, but um, I'm probably... I'm, I confuse my OCD with superstitious, so yeah, okay, I that's do a lot fair. of the same things in the same rotation because yeah. of that, but yeah. That makes sense. Uh, all right. So before you discovered brewing, did you have, like, what was your dream profession? So I don't know, maybe when you were a kid, maybe before the military, I don't know what, did you, did you have another thing in your mind ever that was like, oh, I'm going to be that? No. Never? No. I mean, maybe I can be a firefighter or a police officer or I guess what every kid thought. What about, what about? But I started, I started working in this industry at like 15 years old. Yeah, and fell in love with it. Okay, and so I I did this before the army, and then I did the army, and I went back to this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is this has been my life. Yeah. I, when I grow up, I want to be a brewer. A brewer. Do you mind if I get even more personal and ask why you joined the military? What was it, what was going through your head? What was the you know what did you feel about that? It was always something that would have been a thorn in my side had i not oh yeah okay it was something that had i'd wanted to do during high school and time wise and having my mom at that point sign off on it just wasn't wasn't going to happen okay not something she believed in something i believed in and um, she don't have a family history in the military i or? do oh you do okay. no and that's why she was against it i understood yeah um, but it was just something that was definitely becoming a thorn in my side. And I was like, at 25 years old, I joined the army and I knew it was my last, it was my last chance to do it. And it's the best thing I ever did. Okay. It's the best thing that I ever did for the brewing community and everything. It, it taught me a lot and continues to teach me and allows me to do what I'm doing today. So, yeah. Yeah. So thanks for that. No. Hey, well, thank you for your service. Thanks. I think I don't know that I've ever thought about it this way until I just heard you give that answer. I think I regret a little bit not doing it. And look, things turn out how they turn out. So I'm not the person who's like, if only I had done that. I don't feel that way. But hearing you say that you would have regretted it. I would have. And I definitely used to think about it. And then, you know, things just pulled me in another direction. But I often think back about it, especially once you're too old to do it, right? Like, there's a thing and about that. I was that. almost there. You were all, well, I, but I mean, even now, I'm like, oh, maybe I should go to the military now. Uh, you know, once you're too old, you're like, when, the, when you know for a fact that you have no chance to do something that you maybe wanted to do, it can kind of sting a little bit sometimes, sure. right? And I think that's it's yeah. something I think about. Like, I, I think I might have joined that, that things turned out different. Um, I love it. I'm proud of it. I'm super proud of what I'm doing now. And, you know, it, it's given me the sense of how to run a business that mm. I never would have gotten on my own. Sure. So, sure. So, okay. 
it, it gives me the work ethic that, you know, that one person can run a brewery in a tap room all by themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, Hey, that's priceless right there. In your opinion, who's the best band in the world, either past or present or musician could be, you know, it doesn't have to be a band. It could be one. I mean the best, best in the world ever. Who's your favorite ever? Bob Marley. Oh yeah. Yeah. His lyrics. Hell yeah. His sense of community. That's a good answer. I would, yeah, instantly, that's what came to me, so I'm going to go with Bob Marley. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great answer. All right, you're a very positive guy, at least in this interview. So I'm going to ask you. Thank I, you. I'm going to ask you, though, everything can't be positive. What's your most annoying pet peeve? Like, what's the thing that you're like, fuck that. That just drives me crazy. People throwing up in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That drives me crazy. Oh, that happened to us here recently at the uh, Hop Grenade, too. I was like, really, bro? Rookies, what are you doing? What are you doing? Get your shit together. So they can't come into the speakeasy, hang out with you for an hour, and then go throw up in the hallway. Or they're not even in there, and I just walk out in the hallway, and I'm like, who the f- who did this? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Mm. There's so many brewers and bar owners listening right now going like, yeah! <laughs> And another thing. <laughs> Quit puking. Yeah, seriously. Get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's another one. And I, I again, about you being so positive. If, you're, if your food's bad at a restaurant, do you say something? Oh, I do. You do? I do. Okay. And I'll tell them, because I'm like, well, you asked. Yeah. So I'll be honest. <laughs> this some, I wouldn't feed this to my dog. It's terrible. Hey, oh my god! Yeah, like, but you ate it, and I was like, I was also in the army. Like, I'll eat <laughs> damn near anything. But this yeah. is some bullshit. Oh my god! Yeah, I will. I will. I will not openly say something. Yeah, but if I'm asked, I'm 100 percent honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you if you're giving me dog shit, I'm gonna tell you it's dog shit. Okay. All right. I like but, it. But I'm I'm not going out of my way. But if you ask. Then, then I feel like I got free reign to say whatever I want. I'm like, you ass, so <laughs> here we go. Get get your notebook. Here it comes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. I agree with that philosophy. Oh, that's funny though. A lot of people ask, and they don't really want that answer. But you're no, like, they don't. Hey, you they, asked. They don't want the answer. Yeah. But you asked, and I'm like, all right. Yeah. And I always get the, were you kidding? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not kidding. <laughs> like this is. This is terrible. Oh, man. That's so great. Uh, good answer. All right. So you always wanted to be a brewer. I have always wanted to be a brewer. So then is there a beer or a brewery, you know, that, that inspired, you feel like inspired you most or, or that really, you know, flipped that switch? Is there one you could put your finger on? Even if so, it's not one, a couple, whatever. So the first place that ever got me into it would be um, Spikes in San Luis Obispo and Bob Spiker was a mentor to me and brought me into this industry. He taught me the business side of it, which is immeasurable, like more important than the beer or anything else. Okay. Um, As far as the beer goes, Carmel Valley Brewing back in the day was the first beer that I ever had that truly like changed my life. Oh wow. I wrote them a letter 
they used it as a one-page ad in Celebrator Beer Magazine. Really? They invited me to come up and meet them. They gave me a T-shirt and a pint glass. And I knew right then and there that I'm meant to brew beer. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, I just took a trip to Monterey and it was, I had, you know, a, a restaurant recommended their Christmas beer at the time. I was like, yeah, I wasn't really a beer person at that point. I'm like, you got a high life or something back there. And like, yeah, we'll try this. And I was like, and it was a stout and it, it, that beer, that is the beer that changed my life. Wow. And that article is out there and it is a one page ad in celebrator just drinking the beer inspired you to write a letter or they were like soliciting no so you sat down and you wrote a letter to this brewery absolutely (laughs) they weren't soliciting anything it just it you know we meant something to me and it and then anchor yeah absolutely and and i've sat down with fritz several times and had amazing dinners and conversations with him in the brew house not in the brew house you know, I've had, I've been blessed, you know, 27 years of doing this as the world's smallest brewery, basically. Yeah. I've been blessed in who I've got to meet and the conversations I've got to have along the way. And, and I think it's, when I look at it now, I do just think it's because it, I love it. It's passion. It's, it is, I've dedicated my life to doing this and I'm inspired by the history of it and the growth of it. And it's not just about learning from the people in our past. It's about learning from the new people that are coming into this industry and growing forward with them as well. And that's why I'm truly excited about what this industry has to offer to all of us now moving forward. You know, I have the history side of it and I've been blessed to be part of that because I've been, doing this for so long and I've been the world's smallest brewery but been treated so well by everyone and invited to everybody's houses along the way and so that that that's my goal for this is to continue forward and continue that education and and learn from these new the new people that are coming into it because what they're doing is wild and I'm love it I'm so that I'm that's where I'm excited yeah I love it these these people have the passion. They just need to hear a little bit of the history about it. And I think it'll only just fuel their passion. And I think the beers that are about to become something Mm -hmm. are going to change our world. All right. Well, that's about the best get to know you segment we can ask for right there, Chris, and a good stopping point. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thanks for hearing portion of the story i appreciate you making the drive up and being on the show uh the beer's fantastic so thank you for sharing that thank you very much i gotta come do the speakeasy with you you have to i keep hanging out with you, you down there text. and i haven't gone to the to the brewery and i just yes. got a text so we'll make it happen folks at home you gotta do the text uh search for uh, spent grain brewing on all of the socials and i'm sure you can find the contact info there and the address down there in a Tuscadero. Um, if you're going to any of the other wonderful breweries around the area, Liquid Gravity, Wild Fields, some of my favorites, then you can go see Spent Grain right there too. Thank you. And you get your own, you get your own tasting room, basically. You do. <laughs> we were talking about that at the break. Like most breweries, you got to go pay them like two thousand dollars if you want a private room. 
Or you can just text Chris and go to his tap room. Perfect. (laughs) All right, Chris, thanks again for coming up. I really appreciate it. Spent Grain Brewing, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to go to thebrewingnetwork.com and get your Spring Brews Festival tickets. It's Saturday, March 30th from noon to 4. 60-plus breweries will be there. All of them are great. I'm pretty... I'm pretty strict about who I let in. So it's a lot of good breweries, and uh, 65 bucks is all you got to pay to get in, and it's all you can drink. So come check us out at Spring Brews Festival, Saturday, March 30th. All right, we'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves and your beer. The Session is a production of The Brewing Network and brought to you by More Beer. Check them out at morebeer.com. Find more content and live video of this show on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brewing network. For sponsorship opportunities and information, please reach out to advertising at thebrewingnetwork.com. To reach our hosts, contact feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Network.com.